All right, we about to go live in right now. Hey, we about to do one of those challenges. <laughs> <laughs> yo, yo, Garrison, Garrison, you look kind of green, bro. I want to do one of those challenges. you look kind of green, bro. Hey, listen, I'm not laughing at that. That's not me. That's on y'all. I'm not laughing at that. Yo, I'm not going record. Yo, we, uh, okay, I think we are live. Let me just double check. Yeah, I see yeah, the lives. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, great timing on the live. <laughs> okay, we got we got oh we got two viewers. I think one of those might be me. So cool. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wait for wait for some people to get on. Wait for some people to get on. You know that's how they do it. That's how they do. It. They say we just gonna wait for you. Come on in. Come on in. As on. If, hey, just a couple more seconds. I feel. Come on in. Come on in. As yeah. if we could hear you Welcome. when we're not come already on. in. Come on. Welcome. Come on. Come on. I can hear the door opening and my congregation is slowly sweeping in. <laughs> Come on in, so whack, dude. So whack. I think oh, I think that, that that that's what is the toughest for a lot of these pastors going online. It's like you didn't have a lot of people at your church and then now you don't have a lot of people online. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Dang, bro, is, on, that, is that where we're starting? We, we're <laughs> live. Bro. For them, bro. Bro, we're live. That's what that's where we're gonna start. That's what we're doing. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. All I'm all I'm saying, it oh, looks worse goodness. live than in person. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> all right. I mean that's how you feel. <laughs> um, Still waiting for people to join us before we get started. Now we got we gotta get we actually gotta get them out now. So we should probably <laughs> Probably kick it up, but yo, welcome, welcome to what are we calling this? We bored Adventists around the horn, yeah, these, uh, <laughs> basically quarantine, um, yeah, quarantine, Adventist quarantine, man. Exactly. This is basically, you know, we're we're in a group chat. Not everybody from the chats on here. It's it's weird. I just had a random flashback to when we went to that comedy show, G and Jordan. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. They yeah. Kept, and, and they kept talking about how they were in a group chat, and I just I just kept thinking about how that's probably the lamest group chat in DC. Because <laughs> 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 none, none of those dudes were funny. Some of the dudes in the show were funny, but the hosts were buns. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh buns! They made all the comedians look amazing. Oh, they sure did. Uh, so I think they did a good uh, job then. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think I think what's rough. Uh, maybe that is, was maybe that was a tick. Yeah, I think that was a tick. I, it's funny because when I went to the comedy cellar in uh, New York City, uh, like I think last year, it's hilarious. Pre-corona. I remember pre-corona. Just to be clear, uh, you know, uh -huh. I I was uh I was at a, a free joke night, and then someone was hosting that night, and then I remember seeing Roy Wood Jr. in the corner writing jokes down. And this dude was so yeah, this dude was so vexed that the host just kept piling his jokes on and on and on. And the host was did a set for maybe like five, ten minutes, and all the comedians uh, in the room just threw their hands up and immediately sat down, <laughs> saying they were gonna be getting up for a little while longer. So it just reminds yeah. me of that how hosts can just really do take over the show. It's hysterical to me. Mm. Thank you for that, Jordan. We appreciate that aside, Jordan. <laughs> yeah. Yo, so, so, you, so you're getting a feel for how the chat goes. You know? <laughs> yeah, is, you know, we're we're going to try and get through this without anybody leaving because that happens in the chat a lot. And so, uh, <laughs> so we're, we're going we're, we're gonna to mandatory no, no, no dipping. You know, we gonna, we gonna no leaving. I'm talking to myself in the chat most of the time. Like, 
asking questions and all the answers. Bro, I, I want to <laughs> make sure Logan always gets love. I'm, I'm going to heart everything you say, bro, from now on. From this point <laughs> forward. Oh, man. So, yeah, we, you know, we bored, but, I mean, we, we're going to go through a couple of different topics. This is not planned at all. Literally, we all came out here. This dude Garrison's, like, moving currently. Literally, so, that's why I'm you know we he's building that bed work. right now i'm literally in my literally. bed frame trying to take this joint off like <laughs> please help simone's <laughs> like are you done with your little oh, friends yeah. so we can be done with it <laughs> right uh, you, you got that the ikea tools those joints are not built to be taken apart bro literally not, not. <laughs> <laughs> one time use yeah so yeah um maybe we could just start with I mean, this is this is kind of what everybody's been doing, but we'll start with the obvious. We got COVID-19 going on. It's been extremely disruptive. Um, I'm only out of the house because I told Tassie I'm going to buy groceries. And so I'm on, <laughs> I'm on here until she figures out that I'm she not in the store. She really don't be on Facebook. That's the thing. That's the thing. So I'm probably going yeah, to while. My wife neither. Uh, yeah. We can get into that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, wh what would you guys say? Well, I, I guess we'll frame it this way. What's the thing? We're obviously in the social distancing, physical distancing space right now. That's kind of our yeah. new normal. It's probably going to be that way for a bit. Um, what is probably, let's say, one thing that you miss and one thing that you don't miss about the space we're in right now? Mm. You can do both, either or, whatever. We'll, we'll leave it open. Okay, I mean, I'll go first to uh, relieve any kind of awkwardness that may come up with no one talking. Uh, <laughs> we appreciate that. Of course, of course. That. Dude, so definitely the one thing I do not miss is um, going to work mm -hmm. in person. <laughs> I don't miss it at all because uh, I, don't have a I don't have a commute now. I get up. Mm. I take a shower, eat breakfast, and then I'm at work, and then that's it. So I'm, I'm saving me at least 80. Die, so I mean, it's total for there and back home is going to be 80 yeah. minutes. So it's about 40 oh, minutes there, 40 minutes back, and that's definitely different from Andrews, where I could just walk to work if I really wanted to. <laughs> um, Facts. And then one thing I do miss, though, is <clears throat> I do miss just – going outside and not feeling like I could be arrested in a couple of weeks. How, how strict is it over there in the DMV? Um, so, I mean, I, I got a email, I got an article a couple of days ago, which pretty much said that law enforcement are gonna be around checking people, but pretty casually to see if they're really out, if they need to be. And if you're pulled over for whatever reason, then they're going to pull you over for that reason and also ask you where you're supposed to be wow. out of the house in the first place. So basically everybody's black now. Pretty much. <laughs> Got it. Makes sense. How do you feel about that, Logan? I'm excited. <laughs> finally. <laughs> I, can I, can say it. <laughs> I can finally say it. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. That was the rules, I think. <laughs> yeah, we, we do have the rules for sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's um, it's kind of similar, Jordan. Like, like um, 
Like they just kind of locked down the state of Virginia and everything. And it's, mm-hmm. it's like, I mean, it, it really, but the thing is like when you read all the exceptions, so I read the article and it was like, you can't go outside except for exercise, school, work, mm-hmm. uh, going to the grocery store, going to the doctors. Like what are the, what are the things do people do outside? Like that's literally mm-hmm. everything yeah. that people would go yeah. outside for. So like, I guess no. we're locked down, but it's not well, so much, I, yeah. They killed extracurricular though, like sports, movies, malls, like they kind of squashed okay, all so that. Like says, basketball stop having fun. In a park. Like that's a dub now, I'm assuming. Yeah, like there's a basketball court not too far from where I live and they actually chain, and a tennis court, and they both, they chained the doors and put up barricades so you can't get in. I mean, you can, if you want to uh-huh. go in, you can go in, but it's like clearly mm-hmm. against the rules. Mm-hmm. Man, can I tell you guys, when I had to travel back to Walla Walla, I first got to, to Buffalo. Um, it's like 45 minutes from where we are. Um, I walk inside. I think I was one of like six people in the entire airport. Oh, wow. It was like That's crazy. apocalypse style. And then I went to Chicago. It was very similar. And then I had to fly up to, um, they took us to San Francisco and then Pasco, but Traveling yeah, right now, that's interesting. I know. Listen, I I had the mask on. Walla Walla. I I was not taking any chances at all. Yeah, they it canceled my flight cool. tomorrow for back to California, so I because there's, there's just no one flying. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, bro, it's crazy. They they probably can't even afford to to have the flight go out just because there's so many people who probably canceled or just not even getting on flights. Yeah. Even, even if My they wanted to. My got rescheduled like uh, four or five times. Like I just kept seeing my phone buzz. Wow. Over and over yeah. As well. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm, I mean, I, you know, maybe what I'll add to it is, um, I don't know, man, being, being in the house has been awful. I'll just be real. Um, I mean, <laughs> there's been good, no. there's been, don't get me wrong, there's been good parts of it. I love Noah Nixon. I love Tatiana Nixon. I think that they're pro- the reason <laughs> I'm out the house, actually, because I'm plugs. probably hanging around just looking miserable. But I think the, the question kind of is, I mean, and maybe this is for people who are out there, I'm, I'm trying to look at there's a lot of people in the Facebook comments, but since we're on Zoom, we can't really see them. So we're not ignoring you, but um, hello to all of you. But um, yeah, it's sort of this idea of like, you know, so like having to be like hyper social when you're in the house in some ways while being physically separated from social networks. You know what I mean? It's kind of like this weird dichotomy and so like I think my answer to the question is like you know I I don't miss like similar to what Jordan's saying I don't miss like some of the in-person obligations and whether it's work or you know having to show up for meetings or having to to dress up at all I like putting on sweats (laughs) every day it's been fun um but then the things that maybe make it more difficult is that um now you're having to increase your social interactions you know in your house which there's there's just being honest there's pluses and minuses to that you know you you know you're you're not used to that amount of engagement you know with the people that you live with probably but now it's like 
All you got is rooms to choose. You don't got no other option. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, it just is what it is. No, facts. Facts. It's crazy. Like the fact that like your workspace, your home space, your relax, you know, like everything's the same. And that's a, that's a, it's a lot. It's a lot, honestly. Like I, I was just telling my friend though, it's so crazy that like we're all kind of relegated to our homes, but I don't think anyone's really experiencing FOMO. Like I know like the mm. events are canceled, but I'm not really experiencing that. Like, Oh man, I wish I was, like, I actually don't want to be around you because I don't want the thing, right? <laughs> but <laughs> I would love to kind of have more interaction at the same time. It's weird as a pastor, like, the fact mm. that, you know, like, I'm used to, like, getting, you know, every single week we get together with our congregation and, like, we're enjoying yeah. worship and stuff. And now um, we're not doing that, obviously. But the interesting thing is, like, I think now that everyone's home, they kind of like have more time on their hands and they're like, so pastor. And like, they're like, <laughs> <laughs> they reach out like five times more, which is cool. I don't, I don't care. I don't mind. <laughs> Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Leave him alone. Jason, blink, blink twice if you need us to help you, bro. <laughs> Leave him alone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, that's, that's I have to say, that. like, it's just, Oh, go ahead, Adrian. Sorry. Well, I was just going to say, being very introverted, um, <laughs> I actually feel like I miss people <laughs> more than I normally would. Like, if you, you were to ask yourself. Jordan or Logan, um, when they were my roommate, immediately after work or class, like, I'm going straight to my room. <laughs> and it's like, like knocking on the door. Alone. Hey, yeah. Uh... <laughs> Do you want some dinner? Getting a death stare when they open my door. <laughs> like, but I, I feel like I miss people. Um, when we, when I came back here, there's like no one here. You know, we sent our students back home, um, and it's like a ghost town. You know, and that's that's what probably made it like the the weirdest thing. Um, and I, I, that was an experience I actually never thought that I'd be like, man, I didn't think I would actually miss that because under normal circumstances, I'm just kind of like, yeah, after work, I'll see you later. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> but it's been the yeah. very opposite. And yeah, man, I don't really know how to make it that. It's been um, weird for me because I'm in Missouri. Like, I, I was flying out here to see my nieces for spring break two Mondays ago. Uh, three Mondays ago, okay, yeah, maybe three, yeah, three Mondays ago. And when I was in the airport, they put this like sheltering in place thing in on California. And I mm -hmm. came to Missouri. My parents live in the middle of absolute nowhere. I mean, <laughs> the closest neighbor is a half a mile away. Like it's it's a distance. <laughs> and so it doesn't really feel a lot different here <laughs> because I'm like uh, staying home. That's the only thing. But my dad's retired now. So I'm like just staying home with him. And like, mm -hmm. we'll go out. We went out finally after like four days, but it was just like, oh, not many. It was just mainly me and my dad riding around and he was making jokes about, I wonder if they're really essential, you know? And I'm like, all right, dad, you know, cool. <laughs> 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 it's like, I guess, guess, I guess we're essential. That's why we're out, you know, these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. But like, yeah, wanting to, uh, definitely a hundred percent, but wanting to go back to California now, I'm like, I wonder what, like, like, I think I want to go back because it seems like that's where I live and like that'd be. But then I'm like, wait, what if I get? <clears throat> it's like actually terrible. I'm actually kind of fearful. 
of getting back to that mm-hmm. that's busy but not going to be busy at all. So, mm. but I don't know. It's it's weird. It's, no, weird, it's not weird because they don't take it serious. They don't care. They don't. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> the middle, that middle, the middle America vibes is different. So, nah, <laughs> nah, different. I'll just pray to run that way. When when I don't <laughs> see people taking it seriously, like in my mind, I just see an extra week being added to the COVID nineteen calendar. Yes, and Back, it's bro. just like, bro, <laughs> I got, I got, like, there's stuff has to happen. I mean, okay, listen, I'm very sad that. And it's awful what's happening, especially the families and people that are most vulnerable. And it's like, bro, it really goes to show you that people can just be real animals, especially people our age, when they're calling this thing the um, what the boober remover. I laughed when I first heard that, and then I got really sad because it's funny, but in, in an incredibly dark way. That's so dark. That's very dark. <laughs> Super yeah. dark. What? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. That's so dark. Awful. That's terrible. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I, I, Twitter is such a fascinating experience because I feel like it's just not real life at all. I see tweets of people like in shock that the White House suggested this go on until April 30th. But I'm like, have I been like living in a different world? No one is yeah, taking right. this as seriously as they should. <laughs> like, why nah. are y'all surprised? Like, I don't understand that, yo. Like, <laughs> I don't know, man. People are funny on Twitter, bro. Yeah, I was I was listening yeah. to this podcast, Ezra Klein podcast, and he was he made this comment wow. that's like really kind of stuck with me. He was saying that in order for social distancing to work, it requires a high level of social solidarity. Because like, while mm-hmm. I might not get sick or you might not get sick or it might not be as bad if I do or whatever it is, like that individualized, individualistic kind of like lens or perspective on it is good for you, but is terrible for society at large. So we have to have yeah. like a lot more social solidarity, yeah. but the reality is that like we don't, we, we actually kind of shy away from social solidarity. It's like doggy dog world capitalism what i got is what i got and what you got is what you got and i got to get mine that kind of thing so it's it's kind of like the 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 problems with like rampant individualism are all kind of like heaped on top of like the our terrible like health infrastructure and like our problematic government response and like all that stuff is all coming together at once right bro back i in some ways it's almost like uh, how how doomed is our country? Because individualism is just rooted in American mm. culture, American society. And then when the the idea or a tweet comes up of like a, a nationwide lockdown, you will see tweets or comments about the idea of the government having too much control over our lives and, and precious freedom. So I, it's like we're like, in a lose-lose situation because I don't, I don't trust the convictions of individual people to care about someone that they've never met. And like, I, I never know what to make of that. Yeah. But see, but then like the other tension, right. is like, as, as Adventists, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> the government's kind of yeah. getting kind of, you know, they're getting too powerful right. for me right now. You know what I mean? So it's like, ah, yeah. I don't know what to dun, do. Dun, do dun. I really want, do I really want them to come in with guns like, yo, get back mm-hmm. to your house? And then it's like, oh my gosh, like, no, I, I don't want blue that. Blue law, man. <laughs> I don't want the blue law, the blue law. 
the question of trust. Can you trust the government to, you know, put a ban on travel during a yeah. time of the pandemic and not a time that's going to just like ruin us, um, you know, like mm. to save us as opposed to destroy us? Like that's right. And right. I don't, I don't know the answer to that so question. Just better precedent I think we, in any way. Yeah, it, it's it's one that we'll have to be interested in looking back on and seeing. But I've seen some takes by people that are like, yeah, this this shows that the government can, if they want to, go a little further than they, they maybe need to. Um, mm -hmm. And it shows that we did it pretty willingly. Like some people pushed back, but all in all, we kind of just fell in line and we're like, yeah, this is bad. Let's uh, do yeah. this for the greater good. <laughs> but, you know, the trust is well, important, I guess. And yeah, I, I definitely see where you're coming from. And I feel like a big motivator is just, you know, the context of it. And I think it's also hilarious to see again, like what we we're saying before, I feel like the world can be could be on fire. And there are still people that are going to chalk it up to something that is maybe linked to some sort of conspiracy or just not take uh -huh. it seriously enough. So I'm super interested to see, like, I wonder how much it'll take for that group of people that don't take things seriously to take it seriously for once. Oh, my God. It's been super interesting to see, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You guys That's hear about the awakening. Yeah, like, exactly. there was a pastor here in Virginia, uh, not, not Adventist pastor, who was, like, kind of making fun of the coronavirus, saying that, like, people were in mass hysteria and that he died of it. Like, he died of COVID-19. Oh my gosh. Wow. Oh, yeah, I like, didn't oh, see this. That took a turn. Oh my gosh. He yeah. nor we what saw that coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just, that's it, just it, the worst it, kind it, of irony. It's terrible. It's like not even to be funny. It's just like, that, like people won't take it seriously until it's too late. Like you're exactly. Now... I mean, low key, it's the, ju it's the judgment of God, bro. That's what that is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mexican oh, is Mexican that right? <laughs> Oh, word? That's what that is? <laughs> I, I mean, it, it, hit it hit different when, you know, that's what he was talking that talk when he was saying Corona wasn't real, but it hit different when you know, no. have funerals. But, so, but, but, you know, but let me ask you this. Bugging. You're bugging. Let me ask you this, though. I'm just is saying. It, is it the judgment of God for the government to lock that pastor up in Florida who was talking that talk on stage mm. at his church. He was like, oh, oh yeah, right. they can't tell us. Yeah, he was talking now spicy, they yeah. They locked that, they locked that man up. He's in jail. That's, that's, yeah, that's I, interesting. I read that, I read that he, he was in one of the top counties in the United States for coronavirus, uh, um, yeah. like mm. positives. And oh, so yeah. like Come they were on, taking though. it really serious. And he had, <laughs> yeah. I think, I don't know, it was a, a very large congregation it was. was I saw some videos, yeah. He was talking crazy oh, in those videos. Yeah, it was a lot yeah. of people, bro. It, it also shows that the pastors have a lot of influence that they no. should, you know, they should utilize for the good. I mean, I think whether you're big or small, you should be able to say like, hey, maybe we don't like this. Maybe we don't agree with this. We want to be able to meet together again, but we want to save lives. We, I mean, that should, you would think as Christian pastors saving lives, Kind of what they put on their signs um, would be important. Should, should, be, should be part of the MO, yeah. yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, I, so, no, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to ask because um, I've had to have this conversation with some of my family members and my home church back in uh, Rochester. Where, how can we draw the line or what, what is the responsible 
uh, rhetoric that we can use uh, when like prophecy is kind of yeah, so, you know, what, is, what is that in the background? Sorry. 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 I'm sorry to tell you What's that. What's going on, Jordan? I know we're There's in the middle button. of the <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not streaming right now, okay? First of all, that has to be me. Completely sorry. I had a family emergency I had to attend to. I am sorry. Please continue. <laughs> Just hit that mute button, my guy. <laughs> Yo. No, Adrian, you're asking a good question, man. Like, Like, you're saying, like, how do we respond? Like, what were you saying? Yeah, well, I, I feel like the, the, sometimes it can be very natural to go down the, like, prophetic lens of, well, God warned us that this would kind of happen, and then kind of run with it to the point where uh, our, our response or our rhetoric we give to our church members and to our family is just so fully engrossed in prophecy, prophecy, prophecy. Um, but then again, like, I don't want to ignore that there may be some prophetic significance to this event without sounding like I'm crazy. So, like, how, what is the proper way we could mention the significance of what we're experiencing without it, you know, us coming across as, as fanatics in any way? No, I, I mean, I, I'll take a stab at it. I mean, I think it's hard, right? It's, it's going to be hard because I think society at large looks at, I mean, if you look at history, people are saying, you know, this, this is it, you know, mm -hmm. this is the thing, mm -hmm. like within Christianity mm -hmm. for so long. And then to have, to be a part of a denomination where we really are like a prophetic movement, that's like a part of our right. identity. So we are constantly looking like, oh, signs of the time. We literally have a publication called Signs of the Times. Like, so like, that's our thing. So, like, I understand that within society at large and even within the church, there are going to be so many people who have been kind of false, like, false alarmed so mm -hmm. many times that it's just going to be off-putting. Right. But I think, you know, the balance, you know, is Matthew 24. I mean, that's been kind of within the conversation a lot. You know, it's like Matthew 24 mm -hmm. says that there will be earthquakes and wars and rumors of wars and pestilence. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, that is a part, like, that's something to look for. And then Jesus concludes by saying, but the end is not yet. Right. Like, so he kind of keeps mm -hmm. it, he keeps this thing in tension where it's like, these are actually signs of the beginning of trouble. So look out for this, but know that this isn't the end. This isn't the end time thing. And right. he concludes that little pericope by saying like the end comes when you know lawlessness abounds and the love of many wax cold like when when people's hearts kind of grow cold and i think yeah. just having people aware that like hey listen like this has prophetic significance but this isn't the thing this yeah. isn't it like i think that's a good balanced way to say like yo just look at scripture like right. turn to god whatever however you want yeah. to kind of conclude that i think it's healthy yeah I mean, I think, like, there's a lot of prophecy in, in that when you start to talk about, also, this is going to guarantee, we may not know what this sign means as far as that, but it's going to guarantee people need food, people need clothes, people need resources. And so, like, a church's response to, you know, Christ's words is going to say, like, hey, you know, mm -hmm. we don't know maybe what this pandemic meant, but we do know that Christ said, if we want to know him, we will feed, we will clothe, yeah. we will shelter, we will help. And, you know, I think that's going to be like the big church's response to say, where, where are we at after when these people are in dire needs because of unemployment, because of 
just like uh, struggles at home, food, money, right. uh, resources, right. otherwise. But yeah. yeah, I think that's good. I, I think what I would just add is that, um, yeah, I, I think that as Adventists, we need to um, just get a lot more comfortable embracing the unknown. I think that we often, as Garrison, you know, really put it, we've often teetered closer towards those movements that are always trying to pinpoint like exactness around everything, whether it's, you know, when this will happen or when that will happen. And then now, of course, the big thing is when is Christ going to return? When I think that Christ was consistent in saying that, you know, no man will know the, the time of my coming, you know, yeah. no person, you know, will know. And so um, I, I think that sometimes we, we get confused, you know, one of my, one of my favorite quotes is that, you know, faith is not the absence of doubt. It's the absence of certainty. Mm-hmm. And I think in Adventism, we have equated certainty and faith in saying, I know all these things to be a certain way, and because I believe this, then things are going to happen in the way that I believe them to. And everything is sort of built around those certain things that we have assumed about God and what he's going to do and what's going to happen to us as a result of that. When um, And try as hard as we can to, you know, you know, intellectualize ourselves out of any area of uncertainty or doubt or unknown. And... Um, I think that we just need to sort of reorient our members to embracing the fact that, yes, you know, these things are all reminders uh, that we should be doing certain things, but um, these are all things that we should have already been doing. Like, for example, just going back to this COVID-19 thing, one of the interesting things about, you know, they talk about like the do the five, like the five things that you should do to help prevent the virus. And, I'd say with the exception of the intense version of physical distancing that we're doing now, all of the other things that were being suggested were things that are suggested during flu season every year. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, all, none of that stuff changed. You know, it wasn't like there was some new magical thing that we needed to do in order to present, prevent ourselves from contracting or spreading. I think what's worse about this virus uniquely is the asymptomatic nature of it. And because of that, we need to physically distance. And so now that Mm -hmm. we're at the point we're at now, because our government bungled the early part of this, we're gonna have to probably do this for much longer. But, you know, not to get super churchy, but a spiritual application I thought through was the fact that oftentimes in our walk with God, so this gets back to, you know, us as Adventists, that's our context. Oftentimes when things change in our life and around us, we want God to change or or we expect God to do things differently. And God's response always in those situations is I am that I am. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so the things that, you know, you're being reminded that you should be doing now are all things that were a part of the journey you've been on with me before now. You just probably weren't paying attention to them because now it's hitting home a little different, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so, uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that we should expect <clears throat> this new different thing from God um, because of the fact that things are happening crazy around us because, you know, that, that has happened and will continue to happen. And so 
we don't need to necessarily overemphasize this moment being any different than than other yeah. moments, in my opinion. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I um I will also just try to sprinkle in a, a little bit from what you guys said, especially growing up and just kind of seeing how we dealt with you know revelations and even the beasts and just the imagery of everything and taking all of that in. It's just interesting how I feel like we progressively gamified prophecy in seeing, you know, who can figure out when it's going to happen and trying to piece together as much as we can to really communicate that the end is really coming. And I mm. feel like sometimes that can really blind us from the fact that seeing prophecy happen blinds us from the actual suffering that this calamity is causing to people. Yeah. Because a lot of times we're like, we're more focused on just trying to you know, understand and just put this into the puzzle piece of when, of when Christ is coming back. We forget that these things are happening to people and we kind of in a way shrug it off. We're like, well, yeah. you know, it's just, it's supposed to be bad anyway, so what's the big deal? But that can create this kind of insensitivity towards people that are suffering and the fact that we're still called to serve them and we're still called to serve in a world that is progressively getting worse. I mean, that's the great irony of it that we're supposed to be serving more and more as the world gets worse and worse um, over yeah. time. And like, I, I really liked what Logan was saying where like some of the things that we should have been doing, like helping people, providing food, shelter, go down the list, right? I think sometimes the danger that I've seen with prophecy is like there is a sense of like exclusive urgency for mm. what we should do next, right? Where mm -hmm. the, the, the urgency of a pandemic or a traumatic experience happens, and it's almost as if our first inclination is to get our church members right. Like, all right, y'all, remember, like, we've, we've been praying about this. Like, it's time to start talking about prophecy again because Christ is coming. And when traumatic experiences are happening, like, like Jordan is saying, like, socially to people that may not be as, immediately connected to our church or to Christianity in general, in the sense of being, you know, like church leader or a consistent church member. Um, it's like, well, I mean, the, you know, God said the world is going to decline in sin. And it's just, I, I think I would like to see some of that urgency just kind of spread out outside of just those church walls. And that, you yeah. know, kind of what Jordan's saying, that's part of my concern also. Yeah. If you're gonna do do justice, I mean that's gonna be yeah, that's the it. reality. Yeah, that's it. Right. It it really kind of feels, I mean, if I were to take what you just said, Adrian, and kind of like zoom it out, it feels as though that is kind of a that is almost endemic in that we need to have like that urgency and that care for other people. We need a consistent ethic of urgency when it comes to yeah. meeting people's needs. And of course that fits within the framework of the, of the church, but I also think it fits within the larger society. Like the fact that we're willing to pass a $2 trillion stimulus package, you know, but we're unwilling to make healthcare um, mm -hmm. available to all people just because mm -hmm. we think, oh, it's a problem right now with COVID-19, coronavirus is urgent. But the reality is that like millions of people die from 
diseases that if they had tr treatment for and they had access to healthcare for, they wouldn't die. I for mean, sure. I'm about heart diseases and cancers and other things that like, if people had yeah, access to yeah. a to a to healthcare system that actually like cared for them, it wasn't so expensive and they could actually have access to it, they, they, right. they'd be much better. And so I see like, yeah. oh, we can make COVID-19 testing and we can make treatment for people who have COVID-19 free. Uh, because we feel feel like it's like an imminent threat to like our lives today, mm -hmm. right now. There's yeah. so mm -hmm. many people who are experiencing imminent threat when it comes to our healthcare system. So that's our little point. Facts, here. facts. That's For good. Sure. I want to pivot us a little bit. Before I do that, though, I, I want to read a couple of these comments. Well, one in particular is very funny. Shout out to Gabe Morales. He said, "Congrats to Jordan's beard finally connecting to his mustache." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to, I had to read that one. <laughs> Yo, oh, oh man, Gabe, gratata. Okay. <laughs> and then um, it's a lot, a lot of other good, a lot of other good com comments on COVID as well. Uh, my boy Matthew Schallenberger dropped a couple of nice nuggets in there too. We appreciate you, bro. Sure. Um, and, and so, um, but just wanna wanna pivot real quick. So, um. This, might, this will probably be like the last directly COVID-related topic because I want to get us to some, some other, maybe a little bit more lighthearted or, you know, interesting. We'll just use the word interesting topics. We'll, you know, we're not going to be on here too, too much longer either. Uh, I'm going to throw a timer on this one. Yeah, do that. So, so Garrison, you mentioned, um, like, the fact that events coming up, you know, being canceled and things of that nature, and... I don't know if this is too soon or too close to home, but I did want to throw it to Adrian for a second because as some of y'all probably saw, him and Esther announced they're going to be postponing their wedding. They were planning to get married mm -hmm. this summer. And, um, you know, I'd love for you to maybe just break down for us just your feelings, your thought process around that. I mean, yeah. I think we all collectively like, agree it was a, probably a difficult but wise decision. Oh, man. I think that's, that's what's been tough, happening man. on a number of fronts right now. But um, yeah, just talk hard. to us a little bit about that. Yeah, bro. So uh there there are a number of factors here um and i i wouldn't want to get into every single one of them but sure. the the main one is as the severity of the pandemic just kind of became more apparent um we had to look at a number of things here um we were looking at 250 275 people who were expecting to come to the wedding oh, and just virtually you, you cannot have that many people in one room um so that was yeah. the one side of caution that we were really thinking about um the second thing is um it this virus is a bit more real for me personally um but probably more so for esther um jordan's mom i don't want to speak for him but she's had some respiratory challenges that um do not make it easier for her to catch that virus um esther's uh esther has asthma her mom has lupus so we were like, oh, I don't know, like, is this, are, yeah. are we being socially responsible here? Is, is, are the optics of this, if we were to be like, bro, bump this, let's kind of continue. So we, yeah, we just kind of had to like, let's just pull the plug here um, with, yeah. the, with the hope that her and I can do something a lot more private with the celebration later on, hopefully when things are kind of calm down. But it's, it's tough, man. It, it is tough, you know. Um, it's bittersweet to know that all right, we'll still be able to celebrate with our friends at some point. But 
yeah. we were looking forward to that I now pronounce you husband and wife moment to be shared sure. collectively. Oh, yeah, man. For sure. And that, I For think sure. that was probably the hardest thing. After we kind of pulled the plug and we posted it, um, there was, like, some, like, unexpected grief. Like, dang. Yeah. You know? And that that was a grief I had never experienced because this is all new in terms of our yeah. engagement and our, our wedding. So that so yeah, that was that was a little tough. But just pray for us, you know, we're 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 still planning, we're still moving forward things. So yeah. Yeah. This man Adrian actually yeah. had more groomsmen than the recommended size of the group. So <laughs> that's fact, <right? laughs> <laughs> <laughs> so, Oh easy. man. Well, no, nah, we, we appreciate you sharing, bro. Um, you know, I saw the post and I just kind of already, well, first of all, I already knew that like, man, I don't even know what that feels like, but I'm sure that it's just like not super fun. Um, so obviously, you know, homie, we love you. We, we love you guys. And, um, you know, you're going to have your moment, but it, it's tough. I mean, on a way, not, I, wanna, I don't want to say way less, but definitely less in my opinion, you know, critical moment in your life note um having to talk to a lot of like our our seniors who are graduating this year oh and have a graduation man. postponed and you know i know you all have experienced graduations and know what that moment feels like yeah, uh, for bro. some of them you know being first persons in their families to Back, you know, yeah. attain whatever that degree it is that kind of thing and of course we're gonna make sure that they're able to have that moment but it, it just not being um what they were building up to over that, you know, mm -hmm. four year journey or their grad school journey. Um, it's just really tough. And so um, all you can really do in those moments is try to lean into, you know, that empathy and, and, and just let people know that, you know, we're, we're, we're here in solidarity with you as you work through how tough that is. Um, and so yeah, anything else anybody else wants to add on that? But we're just we're, we're just kind of in a space where there are a lot of those kinds of, um, you know, it, it's like the the conclusion as always. This is this sucks. It's super tough, but it's probably the right thing to do. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to see because you know, obviously we've known COVID nineteen has been has has been making its rounds. I think at least I heard about it hitting China in December, November-ish, around late December, early November, around that time. And of course, all, most of us have known that this thing has been around for a while. So it's not a surprise that this is happening. But when you see plans get canceled, when you see things having to be pushed back, it's, it, it still feels like it's a surprise. Like none of us expected 2020 to go this way. Mm -hmm. It still feels like something that you've been looking forward to, like a wedding or a graduation or whatever feels like it was snatched away so i definitely have empathy and i feel for everyone that was affected in that way because it's it's awful there's nothing like just having a dream kind of taken away unexpectedly like that so i definitely understand where people are coming from on that very sorry to hear yeah. man 20, 2020 is in competition for the worst year ever bro Oh my God. 20, 20, 2020 and 2016 is duking it out right now. Yo, yo, <laughs> yo. Depending, depending on how this thing ends, and that will force you another God. topic. I we'll know. It's a great nice year. <laughs> oh, man. All right, cool. So I'm, I'm going to pivot us a little bit. Uh, hard left turn. 
or right turn, depending on how you feel. Well, let's talk a little politics, man. Uh, what, what, what do we so what do we what do we think the political implications of this are going to be um you know uh you know i'm a, I'm not gonna lie i was well actually i'm not gonna out myself politically this is on facebook live um <laughs> we have a Boo. let's do one of those things where you're like whoa now i tell you <laughs> oh man no i mean I'll, I'll put it out there i voted for bernie in our primary it was you know whoa! I'm just <laughs> <laughs> my heart goes out to him. You know what I mean. Oh wow! Uh, it was a good, Why did was you a good run? <laughs> oh, we do we doing that? Okay. Nah, nah, <laughs> nah, so, nah, so think, <laughs> nah, thinking about a Biden. You know, well, I had a funny question. Who, who's more likely to get COVID, Biden or oh, Trump? Come on. This dude, this <laughs> man. We're not, we're not gonna, we're not gonna do that Bro, for real. Not gonna answer that way. <laughs> now, but yeah, being honest, Trump, so think so, the Lord provides. Yeah. Oh my! <laughs> or doesn't, or doesn't provide, or doesn't provide. Amen. Let's I'm just keep playing, both options I'm open. Playing, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, we should no, just sign uh, some uh, think, some release forms. No facts, but thinking thinking about you know thinking about a general election in this new normal. I mean, if you think about it, yeah. we're probably we're gonna we're going through most of the summer um, with you know we're doing most of the summer with without having regular primary you know type action going on or whatever. I saw yeah. Pelosi on yesterday. She was talking about maybe doing voting from home, that kind of a thing. Um, which I have zero confidence in that coming together in, in, any, in, the, in, in a way that's you know viable or viable. The Twitter you know poll, I mean? yeah. Yeah. So, so it's just like, <laughs> so, just in general, what do we think? I mean, I guess there's so much uncertainty right now, but I yeah. mean, what do we think? You know, will what will it look like? Is there going to be a, enough of a time or amount of time for um, there to actually be like your regular, like general election, um, you know, debate style type stuff or whatever the case may be, if, if things are somewhat back to normal in like around August or whatever? I yeah. think we definitely have the capacity to speed up the whole process so we can have, I, I will say, a quote unquote normal election come November. I think, I don't know if it was Garrison or Logan, but somebody put out the idea of what if they just move into the next term with Trump still in office. I don't think that's going to happen. I just, I'm saying that because I hope it doesn't happen, but we could I win. think, I don't know, it's true. I think if this is over by August, we can definitely, I would hope the country has a capacity to just try to pick up where we left off essentially and then just shave off some things that we were supposed to do but just couldn't do because of the virus yeah yeah i mean I feel, feel, oh, go ahead go ahead Adrian. so i was just gonna say i'm my one concern is fatigue like the to experience something like this and um and someone's we can expect some political polarization because of who is currently you know sitting in that in that in that seat there I, there's a side of me that, that i'm a little concerned of people like i just i'm tired you know like will people go out and vote after what they just kind of experienced a, a few months ago that's probably my one one slight concern yeah yeah that's 
that's a fair concern. I, I, I think it, I, I find it hard to imagine a scenario where millions and millions of people feel comfortable in places, especially in those districts that are heavily gerrymandered mm-hmm. districts where like, especially in black communities where people end up standing in line, black and brown yeah. communities where people stand in line for hours and hours to vote. I mean, you know, I, I can see, a, I, I, can, I can kind of like decipher a, a doomsday scenario where we see depressed voting in, in those kinds of districts, which would be uh-huh. catastrophic, that would be terrible, right? But I mean, the reality is like, if our government really wants a free and fair election, which is up for debate, yeah. um, <laughs> up for debate, <laughs> we have six months to, to really build out a more robust, um, you know, vote from home kind of system, a, 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 an absentee ballot system, just mail people their, ba- their ballots and, mm-hmm. and, and we can work through that. I think it's doable. Right. Um, I think it's, it's the sensible option. I mean, obviously we pray, we hope that by the time we get to November, people can freely move about, you know, but the reality is that that's right on the cusp of another flu season. And then like, you never know how this might reemerge in the fall. So yeah, it's a, it's a really tricky balance. So get ahead of that and mail people their ballot, their ballots, and just know that we probably won't get accurate election results on that night, but we yeah. probably get them over the next four five, six days. Right. And like that, yeah. and that's totally doable. And I feel like that's an acceptable way of going about it. That kind of mitigates some of the issues. My real concern mm-hmm. is the one that Adrian has, which is how do you move from this COVID-19, like I, you know, I, we, we, we talk politics all the time in our group chat, right? Like mm-hmm. we love politics, <laughs> but the reality is like, we haven't talked about politics in weeks because no. of this, yeah. like it, no. it yeah. has come to a screeching halt. And these are, you know, yeah. like, I, we're, this is a group of people who are high information, highly engaged, every new headline, we have some kind of opinion or thought on it, right? And the average American probably isn't as engaged, isn't interested in being as engaged. And so how do you move from this being the predominant thing that we're focused on, COVID-19, coronavirus, to now I'm supposed to listen to Joe Biden and Donald (laughs) Trump debate? Like, I'm supposed to listen to that? In an empty arena? In an empty arena? Like, that's what I'm supposed to focus on Do it on on Twitter, yeah. Yeah, it's terrible. Well, I mean... I'll, I'll say this, whoever goes up against Trump, they better do a really well job of showing that if, sorry, showing that how Trump responded to this virus, to this pandemic oh is goodness. a clear way, is a clear example of him not being a good leader. I think that was, would probably be the best way they can use the situation against him because He's done some very questionable things, and um, to say the least. Like, to say the least, right? My, yeah. Let me check my bank account and, I mean, see that twelve hundred drop. I feel like I feel like you, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to create a good marriage between okay, let's talk politics, but let's also still have COVID nineteen in the conversation. A way to have mm-hmm. those two intersect is saying. This virus is still here, and Trump did a bad job about it. Vote for mm-hmm. me. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. It's interesting, it's, it's, though. That's, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say what Garrison was talking about on the the voting, because like I'm not even a registered um, voter in California, where I have kind of been 
living a little bit, but haven't been very permanent. And I got a primary like ballot in the mail because I work at a, at a, in retail there. So they're like, we know you're here, please vote in our state. I mean, the whole mail-in thing would be really, really easy. Um, mm. But the, the thing mm. is, is that a lot of states do not want everyone voting because they know that if everyone votes, it goes a certain direction. Um, and yeah, and, and now, Jordan's right, but go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say the interesting thing is the, the states that likely do not want, want everyone voting are typically, I mean, just from my assessment, my personal assessment, are typically yeah. red states, red right? Red states. And yeah. those states would need more than any other state. Like, so like California is notoriously good at absentee voting, right? They, they do mail-in right. voting by the millions, mm -hmm. right? Like, like that's a well-known thing. 40% vote like, before, yeah. Like, and that's, a, that's wow. crazy. A place like Georgia mm -hmm. or Alabama, perhaps it's not as, as you know, they don't right. have a system as robust. I know Georgia mail. doesn't care. <laughs> As a as an Atlanta native, they don't care if everyone votes, right? Like they want for some of, especially black and brown people right. to not vote, right? Right. And in those places, you know, they would actually, you know, need for their absentee vote by mail system to be more robust in order to do well for, yeah. um, you know, a favorite candidate like a, a Republican candidate like Trump. Hmm. So it's kind yeah, of an interesting quick. thing, right? Like it's kind yeah. of crazy. Go ahead, Adrian. Sorry. Uh, do you think this COVID-19 could change uh, percentages of like the amount of how certain age demographics would vote? Personally, no, I don't. I was gonna say no one, nothing ever seems to for some reason. Um, yeah. I mean, well, you know, I, I, oh, sorry, Lauren, go ahead. No, I was just saying like we have supposedly the most well-liked candidate for young people ever the last two primaries and young people have voted well for that person but not well in general um they yeah. still only made up that 15 percent. so i don't know why it would really change it could but i, I don't see why yeah maybe but go ahead jordan sorry no you're good i mean i definitely hear you I feel like I'm maybe I'm just more on the hopeful side because I, I hope it changes. I hope this has rocked people enough to be like, nice. yo, our healthcare infrastructure is really bad. We handled this terribly as a country. We need some significant change. I will say if this doesn't really <clears throat> engage people to vote, I don't know what will. And I'll probably Man. just move to Canada at that point. <laughs> I mean, you're basically, you're basically <laughs> there not a big change. Come move back home, like what do you mean? Rochester, Ontario, like come on, come on, man. But like, if Rochester had a good healthcare system, then that joke would slide, but it just doesn't. Oh man, I, you know, I don't think it's gonna change much. I mean, like you know, you look at a state like Florida, which they had their primary if memory serves i know it was like five years ago when they had their primary but like like when they had their primary a couple of weeks back i think it was after all of the COVID 19 stuff started to like pop off right and so it seemed as though we should see a much lower you know elderly turnout and a much higher young younger vote right and yeah no nah, it didn't work yeah. out that they way said illinois had more people right during the yeah, COVID, they were the that's, first that's crazy. Tuesday. 
Yeah, that's crazy. Wow. It's wild. I think I think we're just going down the list of natural disasters or just terrible things happening and seeing, okay, by each disaster, how will young people respond? And it's just, <laughs> no. For they, every single thing on the list, it. dude. Right, like, right, right. It's like, it's like, what is it going to take? That's the question. Everybody's like, you know? Yeah, they're on TikTok. <laughs> they're on TikTok. What? <laughs> if, you could, if you could vote on TikTok, it'd be a wrap. Oh, it'll be a wrap. Bernie forever. Oh like, he's I mean, turn. <laughs> yeah, Bernie, never mind. <laughs> and we, we, yeah, we, we, we're all, we're, we've almost gotten through the whole thing. Let's, let's, let's chill. <laughs> <laughs> no smoke for Bernie. We have no smoke. No smoke for Bernie. <laughs> Yo, so we probably have yeah. about like a little bit over 10 more minutes Bernie left need the TikTok. yeah i don't know if that will okay. help it I won't mean, work elizabeth elizabeth Wait, warren I, did it after I, she I, announced she was out i don't know why she didn't do it a week before Bernie oh, does? yeah but i think it's ran by uh like younger fans and supporters but like, it's definitely certified <laughs> for sure it's probably a shoddy shout out to shoddy shout out to shoddy Influencer of the year. That's a fact. Yo, so I want to end um, with a topic that we'll maybe talk about the next time we do this, which is probably going to be like a month from now. I just want to say, it was so so hard to schedule this with these fools, bro. I'm not even going to fret. Logan, you were available. It's cool. It's all right. You're looking crazy. I'm so sorry. Nothing to do. Quarantine. Nah, but um, so I, you know, let's let's switch back to a a church-related topic, um, talking about race in the church. So I'll start. I'm exhausted. I'm done with it. I don't want to do it anymore. I'm oh, I'm just finished with it, bro. Um, that y'all got really serious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, yo, I can't, I can't, can't laugh. laugh. What's crazy <laughs> is like. Your your job is like racing the church, so it's kind of like, was this an announcement? Like, like, that's who I brought in. It's over. No, no, no. So I'm being I'm Dick being kind of. Calls. Dix, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw you on live. <laughs> oh man, I, I kind of do that for effect, but whatever. No, I'm I'm being I'm obviously being somewhat facetious, but um. Yeah. I think what I mean by that, I'll tease it out a bit more, is that, um, I don't know, man, and I think maybe it's just what we're realizing again is that, um, you know, as much as we have our own sort of dynamic and network within Adventism, um, we're an American institution. And so we have inherited and continue to have the same issues with this conversation and topic that uh, our broader country does. and we continue to run into the same kind of um, friction, tension, hesitation, um, whether that's on Twitter or uh, Twitter or Twitter. Um, <laughs> you, know, not to, you know, and, and not to, you know, talk about anything specifically, but I, I just think, and the reason why this came to my mind is I actually was watching um, a Haystack report, shout out to the Haystack. I think they're called Unfiltered Faith now or something. And they did reporting when we were 
No, I wasn't even trying to be shady. I just I wasn't sure saying you were. I was no, Jill. <laughs> no, though, the thing is that Garrison's laugh automatically oh, makes what you said shady. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> not even trying to throw it like this dude, G, got me insecure. Nah, so so um, they, they came through when we were at Southern for Against the Wall. I think we were all there, but Adrian at the time. And, yeah. um, you know, I think – I was really drawn to the part towards the end, Garrison, when they were interviewing you and they talked about how, you know, the question that you had was, um, will we have left after having done that event? And for those who don't know, Against the Wall is, um, you know, uh, something that I was a part of helping to co-found and a lot of us became involved in, um, in trying to bring the topic of racial reconciliation um, into the public more within the church. And um, so Southern partnered with us in having in doing that. We did one here at Andrews and we partnered with some folks there uh, to bring it to their campus. And there were a variety of things that happened that were positive, but then that were also very troubling. And so I think that yeah. led Garrison to sort of land by saying, um, I just wonder if they're in a worse, if they'll end up in a worse place than they are now. Um, and so I don't know if they are, maybe there's opinions on that, but um, that with, mixed with the combination of some <laughs> other stuff that's happened in between then and now has caused an extreme amount of fatigue and an extreme amount of pessimism and frustration. We're obviously mm -hmm. continuing to talk about it because, you know, you know, we, we've, we've chosen to step into the space. And so we really don't have a choice to, to opt out. It's either you're in or you're out. Um, and, and th there's no real neutral ground, which is another issue that we're seeing. So I don't know. I said a lot there. Thoughts about that? Uh, but your boys, your boys tired. So D, D and, uh, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I think, I think there's only so much that you know people can take without getting some rest. And like you know, I think that's an and just an important thing to say for those who are listening who might be already kind of engaged in the conversation and kind of resonate with you Nick's like yeah I'm really tired I'm I'm tired after one conversation like I I get it and like <laughs> that's yeah, super yeah. fair and like you should reach your rest I think I think there are always there needs to be voices who who are committed to kind of being the troublers of Israel you know within the denomination mm. within the church not only within Adventism, but Christianity at large in America, your region, your local, you know, like everywhere, you know, you need people who are, who are willing to say the uncomfortable thing. Um, I think as it relates, you know, I'm the, I'm the Southern alum on the call here. So I'm, I'm going to go ahead and just say Re like, represent, represent, you know, represent SAU baby. Actually, I'm wearing a S I'm he wearing a Southern t-shirt. Of course you are, bro. A, <laughs> of course. But I got Loma Linda on the cap, so you know, we balancing. Anyway, so <laughs> I feel like, you know, honestly, you know, Southern is gonna do Southern. They have to assess their own situation, right? From the outside right. looking in, you know, um, as just an alum speaking, I know the things that I experienced as a student. I know the things that I've seen happening there over time. I know some of the policies that are still on the books there that, you know, don't get to shine out in the light and, you know, don't get the, the to go viral because of some, you know, incident. But, and I, and I know that like, there are good faith actors on campus who are doing what they can to make a difference. So I want that to be acknowledged. Sure. Um, sure. You know, I do think that 
it's really, really easy to get comfortable with um, aesthetic change when your institution needs fundamental foundational change, right? Like, like your structure is in trouble. Like you might not recognize it. You might think everything is okay and it might meet your needs today. But looking at what's going on there, it's unsustainable. And and I say that in a broad sense, and I think it can apply in, in some ways to places like Southern, you know, where they promised something. They promised to hire a chief diversity officer. <laughs> and now more than two years later, they have not kept that promise. And for them, they say, mm-hmm. hey, listen, we hired some people to advise on this topic. We hired some individuals for a couple of years that we think can kind of fill out the role, we can fill the role and like the, the things that that person would do. And they see that as enough. And again, that's for them to assess. I'm not going to say one way or the other. What I will say is like, recognize that you made a promise, which seemed like a full step. And what you've done is a half step. And that's for you to decide whether or not that's okay. But from the outside looking in as a person who understands that there needs to be a full step, I'm going to call that out. And I mean, and that's just one instance, right? But like, I think that that same kind of principle can be applied in so many of my relationships um, where there is enough openness to talk about race is I think a lot of people feel comfortable kind of taking like these baby steps when actually we just need you to like lean all the way in. It's not mm. enough for you to like be hype on like watching a movie, but like not be willing to be like criticized for some of the more firm positions. Like you can't just say like, like beyond like, like you can't watch a video on YouTube and like, okay, I get it. Right. Or like a video, mm. but you're not willing to take the full step or to, to be criticized when you make a misstep. It's one of the reasons why, I mean, Logan's not perfect, but as one of my white friends, you know, I can say like, I've seen a lot of growth in Logan. <laughs> See, I'm not even trying to troll. I'm trying to honor my man in public. I'm trying to say, listen, I no doubt, you know. And yeah, like the thing is, I can I can say like, yo, like Logan makes you know racial mistakes, right? <laughs> mistakes with regard to race issues, right? There are times, and I and every single time, the reason why we can remain friends and remain brothers is because I feel like he's willing to receive that that you know critique that you know like yo, like this could change or that could change or this could be better or that could be better. And I think on, on, the, on the subject of race, it's people of color who should have kind of the authority to make those kinds of calls. But I think beyond race, like gender issues or any issue, you have mm-hmm. to be open to, re- to hear from the very people who a lot of your decisions and your rhetoric or whatever it is affects, you know, those people who would affect. So I said a lot as well. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, think, I think people just got to lean into it and like take full steps and then be willing to kind of be corrected along the way, have some type of accountability. Yeah. Um, I, do, I, gotta, I do want to, I do want right, right. oh, just want to add real quick. Can we add uh, racial mistakes to the Adventist around the horn dictionary slash lexicon? <laughs> Thank you. Got it. I, I'll help write that definition. I've made a few. <laughs> I got a I got a question that I want to ask you guys. So I I had the um, opportunity to preach at our campus ministries convention, and um, I definitely touched on the like frustration that I have sometimes experienced, where um, institutionally leaders kind of let um, incidents slide, right? 
And I remember I had a conversation with a with a young man there, and he talked about how um, he has had moments where he has personally felt convicted about something on their campus or something uh, society societal at large, but he's surrounded by people that do not share that same conviction. And in some ways, he he mentioned that he feels as though he his courage is kind of lost in that, in that encounter where it's like, yo, I feel like I am like by myself in this like wilderness experience right now. Mm. My, I guess my question would be is in like, how, where, where do you gain that, that confidence in your conviction when you don't have a community there to share that conviction with? Mm. Wow. I just said a lot, so I'm gonna say who <laughs> somebody else gotta say. Logan, actually, I feel like Logan should speak on that because you are like oh, Logan is in Missouri, fire, bro. You're no, in Missouri, facts. like you're with like a lot of white people who are not racially conscious. I didn't. It didn't. It didn't hit me. <laughs> I was ready. Well, I was like, I, and it. I am one of them. <laughs> like, fooled you. <laughs> nah, I guess. I guess while, while maybe while Logan's thinking, because I know I know he's got some. I'm, I'm gonna give him some time. Um, now nah, I think that I mean that's a that's a tough one. I, I think what 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 they probably need to understand is that if you're in a situation where um, if you're in a situation where you don't feel as if you, there's anybody else in the room who's tracking with your perspective or is standing in solidarity with you on it, then you can actually, in some ways, look at that as somewhat of an opportunity to set the climate on presenting that perspective. Because I think one of the things that can be challenging for a person you're describing is that they they assume that they need to know the exact right thing to say because nobody else is saying it, you know? But actually, you know, if you have a conviction that's that deep on, um, on what it is you're convicted on, then, you know, you, you just have to let it out, you know? And obviously, you know, think, think it through, um, think through the right setting, maybe the right way to present it, the, the right content to give maybe not giving it all at once but looking for the different angles where you can maybe um have them at least listen to a part of it you know mm -hmm. initially as opposed to, because if that person doesn't then at a certain point it's just going to explode out um mm -hmm. in, in a way that's not healthy and that's going to invalidate even in that moment, the very real things that that person is saying just because of how it's being said, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, trust, trust in the resources that, you know, they're leaning on to help shape their perspective and um, trust that in the moment, you know, after thinking through what the key things are that you need to bring up, um, that you'll have the right words to say. And, yeah. and, and that's the that's the best way to go about it, or that's maybe I, the best you can do. I will say too, um, <clears throat> that reminds me a lot about what I learned a couple of years ago from 
uh, Brene Brown's book, Braving the Wilderness, which is really good. And I would definitely recommend if, if you're the one that's asking for this, you know, advice from us, or if it's a friend that you know that asked you this question that you presented to us, I'll recommend them or you to read this book. Because one of the main points it says is that we have to find the belonging and worthiness in ourselves. So when we go out into the wilderness, and this wilderness being a place where our opinion doesn't belong, where our opinion is yeah. not the norm, or our opinion yeah. is seen as outcast, we can exist in that. We can bring that belonging with us. So wherever we go, we can belong anywhere, right? Mm. I think that's super important, especially for people like us that have conversations on race. And we exist in a system in the United States in a world where what we think is just not, may not be seen as a norm or may not be seen as quote unquote, maybe the right way to do things. Right. And clearly it is, um, yeah. especially in terms of race relations. So I would say definitely find honor and strength in being the only person with this voice. And like what Mike was saying, that yeah. actually gives you power to push the conversation where, yeah. where that individual thinks it should go. But I think, again, there's a lot of power in being able to say, you know, I can wear this badge of honor and being the first person to trailblaze this path. Yeah. The same way that Mike is the first person to do what he's doing at Andrews. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's true. Oh, go ahead, Logan. I'm no, you. <laughs> no, you can. This is your, your topic. Go for it. Uh, I guess I'll speak. Okay. All right. I'll no, say, no. Uh, <laughs> I'll say I think two things that kind of stand out to me. Like, the first thing is, is that, like, I recognize I've kind of been in a similar position as this person that you're describing, Adrian. And I think, like, yeah. one of the things yeah. is, like, yo, like, do I have the words? to get this right. out can i articulate this right. in a way that's right. like clear and convicting and like i don't like like it makes me upset or it makes me sad or whatever it is and like maybe that emotion will come out and maybe it'll kind of like that's a fair thing to feel and that's like a valid feeling and i think you know going to jordan's point kind of having that that internal dignity to say like no but this is something that needs to be said and even if it's not mm -hmm. said perfectly it needs to be said regardless but yeah. one way to kind of help you kind of get to a place where you might feel more confident is kind of consuming that, you know, book, like that information that kind of helps give you great language right. to use those things, you know? And so like one yeah. thing, like reading a little, reading like on the topic, you know, whether it's Dyson or Kendi or D'Angelo, mm. whoever it is, like those, like those authors have given me great language to articulate some really tough things yeah. like hard to really like pin down things like author authors have given me language to kind of share that and the second thing i'll say is like this the group of friends like the group chat that we have mm. is so helpful and it's so vital yeah. like where i'm able to kind of like i've you know we've come we've all had some situation where we're like yo what do you think mm. about this and kind of having like that sounding board that of people who think differently than you but have some fundamental things that we agree on that allow us to kind of like come together on some like, you know, like agreement, but having yeah. kind of that sounding board to say like, this is what I'm thinking, or this is what I'm going through. How do you, yeah. you know, think I should like work through this? It's important. And I recognize that that's kind of a privilege. Um, but I think anyone on this thing would be willing to be a sounding board to someone. I know I would, I know I've, you know, I've witnessed it with others on the call, like, we're willing to kind of listen and to reflect and to say, hey, this is what I would do in a situation. Or this is what I think about this thing. 
and kind of just encourage you in that fight and that push. So we'll, no, we'll, give, we'll give Logan the last word on race. No. Oh, the white the white man, huh? <laughs> Oh, Logan, you have the privilege to end this conversation. Oh, my. Oh, my. We got to do it. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think anytime you kind of push into um, a conversation, and Garrison kind of touched on it on, you know, many of the issues, whether it's race or gender, I, I think it becomes really challenging because you can feel alone. I mean, I live in mid-Missouri. It's not like I've transformed my community. Um to be, I actually ended up just, you know, kind of switching to worship other places because it was like challenging to like, mm. to, to feel that people weren't quite listening. Um, but the reality is, is you've got to pick your battles. And when you're talking about picking a battle, someone's going to push back. Like that's just how fighting works. And I think that's like the biggest thing that people have to realize is that I think a lot of times people are like, let me go into this and I'll tell them the truth about this and they're going to hear it. And it's like, they're, they're probably not going to hear it. They're probably going to fight back. And if you're prepared like Garrison, I think that's, that was the point I was going to push into being able to throw it off. I remember when I was first starting to kind of be vocal about these conversations, I would DM my friends that didn't really, I didn't even talk to a ton, just be like, hey, I wanna hear your perspective on this. And I remember a couple of times I was about to put out some content and I, it was, people were like, don't do this. And I was like, but I thought it was good. And other people were, I had a couple of people that were in the minority conversations and were like, no, nah, this is cool, do it. And a few other people were like, absolutely terrible idea. And so like being able to actually hear the people and like listen to them tell you like, hey, this might not be great. Even though this person told you it was a good idea, they may not understand that and be willing to kind of take that. And you may put a ton of work into like a, an email or a, a conversation and then someone tell you, don't do it. You just have to listen. You just have to be willing to say like, you know what, you're right. But then also I think for me is it's just looking for the person that I know might be willing to hear that conversation. It may not be it may not be the person that was speaking or the, it may not be the president or whatever, but there's a person that you've seen has an, uh, an understanding of some of these things, whether it's yeah. a different form of social change or justice. And you can say, you know what, that's the person I need to get on my side now in this yeah. conversation so I can move forward because people have probably over the years talked to the person that's been the problem or the group that's been the problem. Oh, that Missouri internet starting. Yeah, facts. That yeah. middle American oh, internet starting to act out. up. Cloud pods ain't hold out. You know what I mean? Nah, they said, white guy, you've been talking too much about race. <laughs> <laughs> the internet said, nope. Yeah, said, all right. <laughs> Not today. <laughs> nah, I don't uh, know where I cut, but I think I, I think I got my gist out there. No, nah, that was good. We appreciate it. We appreciate it for sure. Well, I think we're man, we're approaching like almost an hour and a half. So I don't know what we plan to do all that. But um, thank you all for joining us a lot in the comments for sure. We'll, oh, we'll try to do better next time. Engage in those. I'm, I was trying to multitask, but it's it's a lot going mm -hmm. on on my screen right now. I see they're way um, behind us too. Yeah, there's a little lag as well. Um, but thank you all for tuning in. We'll do better on that next time. We'll maybe give some advance warning when we're going to do it again. We literally just hit live and, you know, y'all joined us. So we appreciate it. Um, topics for next time we're going to talk about is Logan problematic on Twitter? Yes. Yes. Or C 
The short answer yes is yes or C. <laughs> hey, you never lost out. Like <laughs> well, with caution. Uh, but no, we'll, we'll, we definitely appreciate y'all tuning in, and uh, we going to sign off. <laughs> all right, y'all have a good one. Stay uh, safe. I'm out now. Uh, you know, do all that good stuff. Peace. And we'll holler at you. Peace.